All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 296. It is day two of NBA opening day. We got a bunch of games we want to talk about. Denver looked great against the Lakers. Where was Anthony Davis? And Chris Paul is really on the Warriors. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 296. Clips and Drew are a little slow-mo today. Happy <laughs> happy opening day to everybody Woo. listening. This is day two. We had opening night last night. Drew, you know, some people like to celebrate 4th of July. Some people like to celebrate St. Patty's Day. I only have one holiday. That's Christmas. My other holiday is NBA opening night. And just to be completely transparent with our listeners, your boys Clips and Drew tied one on last night. We tied one on last night. We were so excited to watch these games. We had the fellas over. We had our boy Drew. I mean, Drew came up. We had uh, Stan. We had our boy Glue show up. All the guys we used to hoop with, all basketball fans. And we just had a really damn good time. Drew got the the usual wing stop as, as yep. our boy Jeff Crompton said that's just a veteran, veteran Drew move. So if if I'm if I stumble on any words or you know repeat myself, just I apologize in advance. We're trying to get this podcast done early today. If we could push it back till tomorrow, I wanted to, but Drew's leaving town. So it just is what it is. This is gonna be a, the off the cuff, no notes podcast on what i think i remember from the games last <laughs> night uh lake lakers denver was pretty I'm, I'm pretty good for that and then phoenix golden state i just remember josh Akogi a lot that's that's pretty much and then i watched the highlights again today so anyways happy opening day uh for nba fans out there drew how are you feeling you feeling all right today i felt i felt great honestly i mean Wingstop puts me in a great mood uh, and I think it counterbalanced some of the beverages that we were tossing back for me nicely. Uh, you know, and you're right. Opening day is a lot of fun and I'm glad that we were able to, to get together with all the, all the fellas. And, uh, I think the funny part about when we do that though, is that we get so caught up in conversation that sometimes the game can go, you know, be on the side and definitely the uh announcers like the like listening to the game is not really taking place we're no. we're, give, we're just we're, we're shouting the whole time we're announcing the whole time so i found out late for instance and something we'll touch on when we get into the warriors game that there was cp3 chance in the chase arena up there in san francisco on the first day which is it, it, the, the last thing i expected i thought they would embrace him but i didn't think he was going to be getting his name chanted all of a sudden uh, but that was something I had. I found out after the fact that <laughs> we completely didn't listen to anything that was being said. So we may have missed a couple things, but uh, generally speaking, I'm I'm doing great. I'm fired up. NBA's back. We got a whole litany of games today that are going to be going on. Most of your teams, if you're a fan of a team, most of them are playing tonight, including your team clips, yes. the Clippers. And uh, I am leaving. I'm going out to to Atlanta, Georgia. ATL um, baby, yeah, be down in the south uh, for the weekend, and uh, I'm gonna be 
up in the Blue Ridge Mountains a little bit there. So uh, for all the listeners that are familiar with the area, if you got any recommendations for food or for bars, please, please let me know. Uh, we got a lot of sports on this weekend. Uh, basketball, of course, college football, of course, NFL, of course. So uh, guide me in the right direction. I would appreciate it. But that is the main reason that we weren't able to go tomorrow uh, and then have a full slate of, of games to review. But I still think we have a lot to talk about, including, you know, a pretty dismal performance from my Lakers, if we're being honest. Yeah. And, you know, just to backtrack really quick, you mentioned our conversations. I do recall we got an argument over Rick Smith and Antonio Davis. That's how deep our conversations go at my house some nights. There was a complete argument over the Davis brothers and Rick Smiths. That's so if you're ever if you can ever experience a game with Drew and I, that's yeah. exactly what happens. So about the game, about last night. It was awesome to see the Denver Nuggets get their rings. It was the ring ceremony. The ring looked great. I have to say that I it hurt me inside to see Reggie and DeAndre get a ring in not a Clipper jersey. I was happy for them, but God, it's just a little depressing. Um, but it was interesting. They got to raise the banner. Congrats to them. You know, the one thing, I, I, there, I had a couple takeaways from the game. And the main takeaway that I have from that game is the fact that the best player in the world, Jokic, can just be in Serbia all summer riding horses and then just comes back to the NBA on the first night and just triple dubs on the Lakers. That's how good this guy is. You know, we we were marveling last night on how slow and methodical he is, but he's just so good. And it looked to me like Michael Porter Jr. put on like 12 pounds, it looked like. Yep. It looked like he put on a little bit of muscle. It showed up uh, in there's... his jumper. He was two for three, two of nine from three. Yeah, it showed up on his on his results there, but that's usually what happens. And he'll 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 taper down right during the course of the season. You put on mm -hmm. weight, it'll come off uh, midway through the season, and his touch will will be regained, I'm sure. But Denver just looked like they were that looked fine. They looked like a championship basketball team. Um, uh, you know, Jamal Murray looked great. I thought just I thought every they did they played the game really well. And then on the other side, where you know, we're always talking about LeBron's what is this, his 46th year? It's 21 or 40, 41. I don't know, I forget. Um, but the main talk with Laker fans is AD. Yeah. And AD had a great half, 17 points at the half, didn't score, didn't score again the rest of the night. Yeah. And to me, I'm I'm sure you're gonna expand on it, but that just can't happen, especially against when you're playing against Joker. And, uh, you know, they, the Torian Prince got the starting nod, which I liked. Uh, we both thought he had a really good game, which he did. Yeah. Austin Reeves was eh, okay. But the main talk is is AD, Drew. So <laughs> I just posted on our page, too. Some Laker fans um, were so upset with AD's performance after game one that they, they used AI to create him doing other jobs. So, like, it's a picture of AD working at Home Depot. AD's at McDonald's flipping burgers. You got to look through this. Laker fans are so dramatic. Like, pump the brakes. It's game one playing in Denver against the the, the defending champs. I just think you definitely want to see more from AD, Drew. What about you? Well, look, the first half was, was exactly what we wanted from him. I think he was aggressive. Uh, you know, look, I think he could have been better on defense throughout the whole game, but you only you go... fell like six times in that half, by the way, that number. <laughs> right. And it, look, uh, Jokic is obviously, as you rightly claimed, the, the best player on the world in the world. And uh, I look, AD did his best to keep up with him in the first half and then completely disappeared. So you're right. That can't happen. Um, and I think the general theme that I was left with 
And again, going on the optimism optimism train, we're going to jump on the 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 optimism train here and say we're just dusting off the, the rust a little bit. We are uh, a relatively new team, right? Like there's a lot of new guys in there, and uh, uh, not only Anthony Davis, but a couple of them let us down. Torian Prince and LeBron James were our two best players in that game, and Torian was on fire. He had great plays defensively, offensively. I think he's going to be fantastic for us. Uh, Jared Vander- Vanderbilt is currently out injured, so he didn't make a, uh, an appearance in this game, but I expect him to be, you know, an addition on, on our bench potentially, or even inserted into the starting lineup once he's hundred percent healthy. Uh, but I do think that particular piece might've been missing a little bit for us. Uh, so high level notes, Anthony Davis started at center, uh, even though we have Christian Wood and we have Jackson Hayes. That was interesting. I thought that was an interesting play. And D'Angelo Russell still got the start, even though we have alternate options uh, for him. And uh, I think the fact that LeBron was clearly our best player shouldn't be shocking to anybody, but it is a little disappointing given all the hype and the concentration around, you know, Anthony Davis being the face of the franchise. We signed him to this massive deal. That second half is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it just can't happen. It cannot happen that way. And I'll take it a step further. Like the Lakers ended up going to the free throw line more than the Nuggets, which you know may not be shocking. Uh, but Jokic and Aaron Gordon, I think, only had two fouls, and uh, Jokic had two of those. So that just means, even though we got to the free throw line, we're really not attacking Jokic. We're not attacking Aaron Gordon uh, specifically. And I, I think. Uh, potentially the the best tactic with Jokic that you could possibly have since you can't defend him is to get him in foul trouble. And we weren't able to do that. And we were not aggressive. And that, that does lean on Anthony Davis. He was far too um, uh, comfortable with pulling up for jumpers uh, off the dribble in weird spots. And he did only shoot two threes. He made one of them. So that was nice. He shot 50, 50% from three for AD at the start of the season, which is nice, but it wasn't the six that, you know, we were talking about with Darvin Ham, and again, it's not about the actual number of six. It's about freely shooting more of those to open up other spots for him on the floor. Uh, but yeah, even still, with all that, we did we didn't give up in this game. We could have easily lost by twenty more or more points on Banner Night uh, in in Denver, and we didn't. Uh, we brought it down to, to five. We got it down to three, and then every time we would make a run, either LeBron would go out. Or the Nuggets would just kick it into the next gear and they would stretch it back out to 9, 10, 12, 15. Uh, now, on the negative side, as I mentioned, Anthony Davis, second half, completely atrocious. But Austin Reeves was not good in this game. No. Nope. Uh, unfortunately. And they were being very physical with him, as is going to be, that's going to be the, the way that people treat Austin Reeves this year. Uh, I think I can, he should expect to shoot a lot of free throws and to be on the ground a lot, because I think people understand maybe that's a way to get him off his game. Uh, but Austin Reeves was not good. Gabe Vincent was terrible, atrocious Whoa. in that game. And so when I said that, you know, D'Angelo Russell got the start, if Gabe Vincent was playing like this <laughs> in these, you know, scrimmages and practices leading up, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that that's probably why D'Angelo Russell got the start. But Gabe Vincent really looked like a shell of himself, uh, and maybe he's still just getting acclimated to the system and where to be and all that stuff. But it was not a great performance from him, to say the least. Uh, Rui Hachimura, also not great. Three for 10 for Rui. 
uh, got 10 shots up, which is great. He only played 14 minutes clips. He got 10 <laughs> shots up. He was ready to go, ready to fire. Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, that, that didn't work out for us. And uh, I'll just end it on this from the Lakers perspective um, with this p- particular statistic. Only four of our players were in the positive of the plus minus. LeBron James, who you would expect. D'Angelo Russell, actually, plus one. Uh, and then Cam Reddish and Christian Wood. Both of those guys actually, I think, had pretty good nights, like decent nights. Cam Reddish was serviceable. I think, you know, uh, there's there's a good chance that he can carve out some more minutes on a regular basis with his team. If he uh, plays confidently, shoots the ball well from three, uh, he took, you know, uh, two threes. He made one of them in 17 minutes. He had seven points and four rebounds, which is identical to Christian Wood. I expect those guys to, and again, we're still kind of figuring out the rotation. We're dusting the rust off. Uh, I can uh, I can get past us losing to the champions, right? It's it's actually kind of fucked up that that the NBA made us do this uh, to the team that, that. Oh, don't talk about scheduling, Drew. Well, hold on. You have a nice powder puff game against the Portland Trailblazers coming up for your debut. Uh, we have to take on the champions, and that's not fun. You know, it, it's not fun to do that. And uh, while again, the first half and and especially the first quarter. We're, we're all right. We really just kind of crumbled in the end. And if it's not for LeBron James being as good as he was in that game, it would have been a catastrophe. Uh, so shout out to the legend, LeBron James, living legend, unbelievable, still our best player. And Anthony Davis, you got to show me more. But on the Nuggets side, and I want to hear what you have to say about the Lakers also, uh, I'll just say very quickly, Contavious Caldwell-Pope had a fantastic game. Sure did. Uh, he was really, I mean, a difference maker. 20 points for him in a debut where he doesn't usually get to 20 points that often. He was aggressive. He played 36 minutes. Uh, he was 8 of 12 from the floor. Uh, got to the free throw line. Uh, was was everywhere defensively and made up for, you know, maybe uh, a little bit of lack of scoring out of Michael Porter Jr. As I mentioned, he was only 5 of 13. Uh, Not but- nine threes, though. <laughs> yeah, 2 of 9. 2 of 9 yeah. from 3. And that's yeah. why, you know, Caldwell, Caldwell Pope's uh, scoring prowess was was really important for them. But look, they're good. They lost some pieces. Christian Brown, Zeke Naji, Peyton Watson, Reggie Jackson all got in the game. And they all did pretty well. Reggie wasn't terrific. Yeah, I would say maybe he started he, hot. He started he hot. Been, yeah. <laughs> and he might have been the worst player. I mean, Zeke Naji was also pretty bad for them, but both of them were fine, you know, in comparative comparatively to what the Lakers put out there. So it really was a kind of a powerhouse uh, performance from the champs. Uh, as they're all getting acclimated with each other, different roles for different guys. Uh, but that main starting five core, to have that same exact starting five, even though they lost Bruce Brown, they lost a couple other guys, that is huge. And that continuity will will take them a long way. I, I left this game thinking outright, Denver might be the best team again this year in all of the NBA. And certainly they are my pick to make it to the finals for the Western Conference. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Magic came out today with a tweet telling the Laker fans like look this is a bunch of new players on the team it's going to take probably six weeks for everybody to get acclimated and you know people figuring out who's going to get those minutes like you were talking about is Cam Reddish going to get some burn is it going to is Rui going to get more minutes you know I, I don't think it's anything to be overwhelmed with or overthink too much but I do there is a little piece of me and I'm sorry Laker Nation but like I know Austin Reeves is good there's just been so much freaking hype about Austin Reeves and the Lakers that I don't necessarily, I just, I think he's going to get exposed this year. I said it last night when you're, when you guys were all over, I think you had mentioned it 
prior to like reach out and touch someone. That's the way to kind of stop Austin Reeves, get, get in his body, get in his gut, make him work for everybody. I'm not saying he's not good and not going to get minutes. I just think there's going to be several nights where he just gets, you know, out physical, if that makes any sense. And um, he's, he's going to win basketball games for you, but I think people are catching on to Austin Reeves and, you know, you're totally right. The way the Nuggets played last night, they look like a championship team. The way they moved the rock, I think Jamal Murray is finally going to get some respect that he deserves. And I mean, he has respect, but like, yo, this guy is nice, like really nice. Yeah. And if Michael Porter Jr. can just be, you know, fuck, man, he's so good and has so much talent that, that it can just put them over the top, in my opinion. Once that guy gets like really good, or maybe this is as good as he's going to get. Well, but, I think in the system, you're right. He's going to have nights where he can go really like, – if he's on fire, he could have easily had – if he makes you know a couple more of those threes, easily 20-plus mm -hmm. points in this game, mm -hmm. and you would assume he's going to you know settle down. He's not going to average you know two of nine in, 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 right. in regular season. Uh, but I think the, the one thing that may go overlooked is he got 12 boards. He was the second leading Huge. rebounder on that team, Huge. and that, that part he needs to continue to do yes. every night. Uh, you know, The shooting can come and go. But if he can if he can do that, that's a game changer for them. That's a great point, Drew. Um, second game. This was by about uh, beer number six and one <laughs> one vodka clips drink in. Um, <laughs> look, I, I Devin Booker and Kevin Durant they are going to be such a problem. You throw Bradley Beal in the mix there, it's it's an issue. Booker is so nice. He had a, a few moves last night where just like goddamn, that looks like Kobe out there. The fadeaway jumper that he's he's shooting. KD doing what KD does. Uh, seeing Chris Paul out there for Golden State um, just looks weird, and I missed the chance. I didn't hear it, that. It looks weird. It looks so weird, man. And Draymond on the sideline doing his sideline reporting is just – it's just odd. And, you know, they're going to have to come to – there's going to be a fork in the road with Clay. They're going to – it's going to – we talked about it last night with all the fellas. You know, Clay wants a lot of money and deserves a lot of money, but – I don't know, man. I think they're just pretty old right now. It's game one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disrespect this franchise and say it's gonna be a wash of a season because they are capable of doing a lot. But there's some holes on that team, dude. And you know what? There was a couple times last night. CP looked like he was 26 years old. He had a couple <laughs> moves to the rack where he looked so nice. So I'm not. I'm also not going to be overhyped on Phoenix. I want to, I need to see 20, 30 games with these guys. I want to yeah. see how it works. I'm, I'm actually glad that they did these two games the first night. Um, I think they were the right games to choose, but um, Josh Akogi, like that was the guy that made the difference. And, you know, we say this all the time on the show. We can talk about Bradley Beal. We could talk about Drew Holiday. We could talk about Porzingis. And all these other – it's these guys are the ones that are going to really win you basketball games. If you're getting – what did he have last night? 16, 18, what did he have? 17. 17 points. If you get, if you can get a consistently 13 to 17 points from Josh Okoge and play defense, hard defense, energy, energized. Like those are the guys you want in your basketball team. So um, I'm not overly impressed with Phoenix, and I'm not um, – I'm not – giving up on golden state this early in the year yeah i also think like both sides are missing key components to their team so it's really hard to judge this game as you project out for the rest of the season right. what it did do is it made a very clear-cut starting five for steve kerr where a lot of the a lot of the talk was around will chris be with the second unit and the assumption is 
that that will be the case when Draymond Green is back and healthy in a couple weeks. Uh, or it may not even be a couple weeks, a couple days, I think is what I heard. is It's possible that he even plays on Sunday against Houston, uh, I think is their, is their third game of the season, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So Draymond will be back relatively soon, and then we'll see what it looks like because I do I agree there was some definite holes on that uh Warriors side that I think Draymond is like the perfect shape to fill if you know what I'm saying like to, to continue the analogy uh, I think with Draymond it, it will be a different look and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what that looks like this was almost like the easiest out for Steve Kerr right mm. Steve didn't have to make any tough decisions for this game and Chris Paul arguably was the best warrior that was out there I mean Steph had a nice game of course yeah I think he finished with like 27 uh, on eight of 20 and uh you know he had a huge three at the end and 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 mm-hmm. you know brought him back but but chris i think really did he, he he played really well uh and i think within that unit uh the loss really you can look at two guys clay thompson andrew wiggins they were not up to snuff neither of those guys played to their level clay ended up with 15 points seven boards three assists on six of 18 and three of 11 from three uh, six of 18 from the floor, three of 11 from three is not great, as we know. And Wiggins, only 10 points, one rebound, mm. no assists, four of 12, 0 for three from the from the three-point line. Those are really, really bad performances from those guys. And the Warriors still almost won this game. I mean, like they were in the lead towards the end out of nowhere. It felt like that that third quarter, at Warriors third quarter, it's unbelievable. The, the streak continues. They dominate the third quarter. They're at the 40 to 19, I think it was, in the third Mm. It looked like they might even run away with it. Um, so I'm I'm very excited about how well Chris played for them. And I might be eating my words. The whole offseason, I was saying, I don't think he's going to stick. I don't think he's going to stay there. I think he's a, he's a chess piece that they're going to move on from at one point or another. I may still be correct about that. But as of right now, uh, they should make no plans to move Chris Paul. I think he did really well. Uh, but they we'll see what it looks like when Draymond's good. And again, this kind of is similar to the way that Michael Porter Jr. did. Clay, you assume, is not going to be 3 of 11 most nights. He had pretty good wide-open looks, uh, including at the end of the game there. Uh, and something else that I'll note, while Chris Paul did play well, he was also 0 for 6 from 3 and uh, had a, a, a really couple of them that were not great-looking three-point attempts in the fourth quarter when they really needed him to, to make one. Um so I, I do think it's it's a work in progress. Kaminga did not look very good to me. Uh, he's an athlete, and and we all know like his uh, his athletic abilities are off the charts. But I think he was rushed. He didn't seem very comfortable out there, uh, and that's a guy that I think will maybe flourish more as we've talked about with Chris Paul in a second unit if that if that is how it ends up going. Um, but Gary Payton also, by the way, twenty one minutes, one point. Mm. Not great for Gary Payton, even though I think he did a pretty good job. He was 0 for 5 in the game. Uh, so that's the Warriors' side. And similarly, the, the Suns, no Bradley Beal for this game. He was in a really strange jacket. I don't know what that was. I'm sure it was thousands of dollars. That was a Fat uh, Albert jacket, if I'm not mistaken. Is that mistaken. what it was? I couldn't yeah. tell what it was. Nice. I think it was right. Fat Albert. That's what's up. I like that. But Devin Booker, I buried the headline here. He was clearly the best player on the floor for both teams. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You got to give my boy Nurkic some some props. Oh, I was I was gonna. I mean, he had okay. a nice night. He had a nice night. He hit the first bucket of the game and had a big layup at the end that I thought he was definitely going to miss. I thought I definitely thought that was going to miss. Was that the and dime? Was that the dime? Yeah, from Book. Yeah, Book yeah. jump pass and kind of the no look to to Nurkic who who slithered his way down the the lane and actually got it to go into the hoop, which was a crucial crucial moment in the game at that close uh, ending. Uh, 
But, you know, Booker, 32 points, six boards, eight assists on 13 of 21. Mm. Woo! My 13. God. Uh, and you know, he, he was clearly the star of the game. Durant only had 18 points, but did throw in 11 rebounds. Uh, and it was seven of 22, not a great night. Uh, a really helped them with the scoring as we've already covered 17 points from him. Um, and Nurkic did finish with 14 points, 14 boards, uh, five of eight on the floor, one of two from three and made all three of his free throws. Uh, so that's really all they need from him, right? They don't need much more than that out of Jokic. No. Or excuse me, Jokic. <laughs> out of Nurkic. Uh, like we said, we tied one on last night. So Nurkic, Nokic, Nokish, Milkish, whatever it is. Um, uh, I'm very much on the same page with the Suns, though. I need to see what Bradley Beal looks like out mm-hmm. there. The Suns had a lot of turnovers in this game. Does Bradley Beal affect that in a positive way? Did the turnovers go up when Bradley Beal's back? Who knows? Uh, but what I do know is that uh, 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 the guy that I didn't mention is that a guy who actually started for the Suns. It was Grayson Allen ended up with a big old goose egg in 20 yeah. minutes of play. Zero points. Oh, for six. Oh, for six. And, uh, you know, they didn't start Eric Gordon, but he was the one that essentially started to fill out uh, and played the rest of the second half. He ended up with 31 minutes uh, and even he didn't look great. Uh, you know, necessarily he was four of 16, two of nine from three. So again, this goes back to, you know, dusting off the rust. This is what it's going to be for a lot of teams right now. It's not going to be the prettiest, no. highest level of basketball that we're going to see in opening night. And I think that's something that we can, you know, wrap our heads around and get past. Uh, but both teams, uh, I think it was a hard fought battle. You can see that there is definitely a little bit of animosity as you would expect with Kevin Durant on the Suns and Chris Paul on the Warriors now. And, the history between all of those guys. I was very pleased with that game. I think it was a much better game to watch uh, from a neutral perspective than the first game was. Although I, you know, I'm a Lakers fan and I hate watching them lose. Uh, This was fun. That was a fun, you know, close of opening night for those two games. And I'm left. My headline is that Phoenix is, is real regardless of, you know, how well or not Bradley Beal does, this is not, it's not going to be just something that they're going to lie down. They're not going to, in my opinion, they're not going to implode or be terrible. They may not reach the expectations that, that is set out before them, which is essentially winning a championship. I think is really, if we're being realistic, that's what they want. They may not reach that, but they're going to be a really good damn team and a hard team to beat this year. Yeah, the point is, is who has the most points on the board at the end of the game. And what these guys can do is put points on the board, right? I mean, you're going to have to play defense at some point. But going back to the Beal thing is if if um, Booker's getting 22 shots, Katie's getting 21, Akogi took 17 shots last night, Gordon took uh, however many he got. Akogi only took nine. Uh, he had I, sorry. 17 points, nine, 17 nine points. shots. There we go. Hungover clips. You get you under you guys all understand what I'm saying though. So, you know, Bradley's going to want to get at least 15 of those, right? So the shots are going to be will. taken away from somebody. He will. Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon had 16 shots. A Kogi nine. Yeah. Uh, Grayson Allen six. Like he's going to have. He can take some of those. And I, one thing I did overlook too is is the sh- the shooting percentages were pretty pretty heavily in favor of uh, the Suns in this one as well. Uh, the Suns, while they didn't shoot spectacularly from three, they were at 33%, while the Warriors were at 23%. Uh, and I think that really kind of was the the difference in the game. Well, that's what they're, they're going to shoot. They're going to shoot all day. That's that's what they do. So, I mean, they are very impressive. I think there's some defensive issues there. But, again, it's game one. I'm not getting overly excited about any of this. 
I'm I am super excited about my Clipper game tonight, but there's also like everybody else is playing tonight. And you picked out a couple games you wanted to talk about, right? We got Dave, we got the debut of Wembo. Yeah. We got Orlando and Houston. I want to watch that game tonight. Uh, and then, of course, my Clippers play at 730. And I don't think, you know, I don't think it's going to be a powder puff game like you like you said. And nothing's a cakewalk in the NBA anymore. I'm nervous every single game. Um, I'm glad we're opening it at home, but I, I can't wait to see Scoot, too. So what games do you want? You want to talk about that game? Yeah, let's let's talk about your Clippers and, and, and the matchup against Portland. And I mean, the first question is like, is Kawhi and Paul George are they healthy to, to and ready to play? Or are we going to do load management with them like they did well, with uh, Terrence Mann? No, well, Terrence Mann roll, rolled his ankle, so I don't think I don't think he's playing tonight. He might, who knows? And I I'm pretty sure Kawhi and PG are playing tonight, so I'm excited to get the season started. I think a, a couple things are going to happen this season. I think Russell Westbrook is going to really prove himself as if he even has to do that. There's a lot of Russell Westbrook haters out there. I get it. Um, but I think he's, he's ready uh, to, to hoop and to lead this team. I'm really excited for his season. I think, uh, you know, we were going to do our, our preseason MVPs and stuff like that. So I'll just say who I think is going to be the most improved player. And I think you guys are all going to understand why Terrence Mann was not tradable this, this, summer for James Harden, why he was off the table. I think Terrence Mann is going to have a huge year this year. I think he's going to be the most improved player. Um, he he chose not to sign his extension right now. He's going to wait for the end of the season because I think he can get more bread and good for him. He should do that. Um, I'm always nervous at this time of the year. It's like excitement and just completely nervous because you never know what's going to happen with my team. We really don't. And I keep seeing like the, I keep seeing the ads for the new new arena and how amazing this is and all these suites that we have coming. And it's like, fuck man, if we don't have a good basketball team, this is not going to go well. Right. I'm not saying we need to win a championship. I would like to win a championship, but we better perform because we have a $2 billion stadium coming and a lot is riding on this year. I mean, it's the most important year. If it doesn't, if, if it collapses again this year, like it's going to get blown up. It's Kawhi or PG is going to be gone. We're going to have to trade for assets and do all of this shit, or it's going to go perfectly great. And we're going to go into the new arena with a, with, you know, hanging a banner or a Western conference banner or some kind of freaking banner, <laughs> you know, but again, just, and it, you can say it for any NBA team, any sports franchise health is the most important thing. That's the most important thing. And if history repeats itself, we might not be healthy the whole year. So like we said on the last show, I'm going to pray for 70 games from Kawhi and Paul George. But I think a lot of these guys, Kawhi included, Kawhi, PG, Russell Westbrook, these guys have a lot to prove, to win over the media, the casual fan, all of this. It's time, man. And and I think the approach, God, you got me all fired up. I feel completely sober right now. Drew, you get me, you get me talking about the Clippers. I'm all fired up. <laughs> I think the the approach that Ty Lue and the basketball team took this summer on the importance of uh, starting camps early, the private camps that Russell Westbrook did to get the chemistry going back right, the focus on the regular season, while it used to be nonchalant and not as important, I think I think we have a completely different mentality on it. I think our defense looks tighter. It looks like a lot more energy on defense, which is huge for us. So I'm really excited about that. I don't think Bones is playing tonight. He rolled his ankle the other day in the, in the last preseason game. It yeah. hasn't been confirmed or not, but I, I, I'm not sure. So um, 
Who's going to be I'm the starting lineup? Who's who's going to be starting for you tonight? You think? Well, well, Terrence Mann got the starting nod as as our oh. starter now, but I, I'm not sure who's who that's going to be. I mean, we have Xavier Moon there, but he's not going to start. Uh, maybe they'll move PG over to the two and get Batum in there. I'm I'm not necessarily sure. We'll see at game time. Um, but I want to start. I want to start with a dub tonight. We're at home. We're starting this season. Like you said, it is the Portland Trailblazers. We're not expecting a lot out of them this year, but they're also a bunch of young athletic kids trying to prove something too. So I, I want our focus to be on every game counts. Every game matters. Doesn't matter if it's Portland Trailblazers or the Denver Nuggets. We need to go out there and just show the NBA that we are. Nobody's talking about us, Drew. Like zero. Nobody's putting I know Chuck said it last night, like, yo, uh, the Warriors are, are are the fourth best team in California, which is that's a, God, that's a slight, <laughs> man. Jeff Crompton's not gonna like that at all. Um, but I, I still think, Drew, as much as you can you can call it a pipe dream and whatnot, we are still a very good basketball team. And if everything clicks and we stay healthy, we are gonna be a fucking problem. And I think Russell Westbrook is gonna be the biggest problem for a lot of people this year. Call me yeah. crazy, Drew. Call me crazy. No, and it and it starts with Scoot. Like, welcome to the NBA, kid. You're gonna have to guard this guy who's who seems like he's on a mission uh, to prove everybody wrong, as it has mm -hmm. been the case for the last couple seasons for him. Uh, so yeah, welcome to the NBA. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to guard 94 feet of Russell Westbrook. Uh, luckily for Scoot, you know Russ isn't. I wouldn't say we know this a, a lockdown defender, so Scoot should be able to go ahead and do what he wants to do offensively. Uh, but he's going to be held to the task, I think, a little bit defensively. And I think that's something that will be interesting. That's a matchup that I'm very much looking forward to seeing unfold is those two guys battle. Uh, and I, I, I'm I, with you. I Look, I, I know you don't want to be overly confident. It's opening night. Anything can happen. But you should definitely walk away with it with a victory out of this game 100%, especially if everything goes to plan, like you're saying. And while you're without uh, maybe two key players and, and Bones and, and Terrence Mann, you still have a pretty solid team. Uh, and even with those absences, should be able to take care of business here. Uh, I'm also excited to see DeAndre Ayton in a Portland Trailblazers jersey for the first time. And we'll see what, you know, Chauncey Billups has been able to, to uh, figure out offensively for the group, defensively for the group. Um, but... I mean, I the way that I'm looking at this is this this could be and probably should be a double digit win for the Clippers uh, in opening night in your you know your last season in Staples. Every all the Clippers or crypto now it's called, but all the Clippers fans get to say farewell this year uh, to be in second fiddle in their arena. So uh, you know, I uh, I think we we agree. I, there's optimism around the Clips, and I think what I saw too is that they're probably the fourth when it comes to betting odds, the fourth highest to win the Western conference. So while there isn't a lot of noise about them, or maybe people are just exhausted with the same Probably. noise that's been going on for the whole time that they've been together, Kawhi and Paul George with this, with this Clippers unit, uh, there's, there's people out there that still think that they can get it done. I mean, they wouldn't be that high on the list if people weren't putting a little bit of money on them. Maybe that'll drop uh, or it could also rise based on what happens, uh, you know, tonight. But I think in, in seasons past, the Clippers, especially against opponent like the Blazers, can be slow to start. And we have asked time again on this podcast to start fast. Put your foot on the gas pedal and go right from the tip. Don't wait. Don't get warm. Like, be warm. Be ready and fucking 
you know, put your foot on their necks right right in the first quarter. Get out to a 10-point lead as fast as you can. I think they can do that this year, and it seems like, as you've mentioned, as we've talked about on this podcast, that is a focus maybe for the first time underneath Ty, underneath Ty Lu as the coach that this matters more now. So I would love to see that actually play out according to their plan. Clippers come I, out, make a make a statement win in their opener. Yeah, and I think that's that's what Russell's there for. Russell's there to set the tone early. There is no foot off the gas pedal with Russell. It's one it's one motor, it's go. And I think that's a huge part of having a full season, 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 a season, Drew, um, a full season with Russell Westbrook. And just so we're clear, we got Bones Highlands game time decision. Terrence Mann is out. And unfortunately, this is going to be the biggest blow. Josh Primo is out, too, for the Clippers tonight. So who the hell is going to play for you guys, man? <laughs> oh, we got plenty. We got plenty of player. Man, shit. Maybe Marcus Morris will get off the bench and play tonight. Who knows? Oh, got to get that. I did make up. On Top Shot today, they make you – I almost won part of the $10,000 bet from last night. You had to get the leading score uh, from both – from all four teams. I took Booker. Um, but tonight is, is – uh, out of all the games, pick the, the top scorer, top rebounder, and most assists tonight. And I took top rebounder today is going to be Evisa Zubak. He's going to be the leading re- rebounder in the NBA tonight. Most points, I took Trey Young. And then assists, I got Halliburton tonight. So completely random. That's what I'm going with. Everything you said about the Clippers is true, Drew. And we're here all season. You're going to have the ups and uh, ups and downs. It, and there will be downs this season. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for Scoot, too. And, you know, Scoot is Scoot wants to be like Russell Westbrook, right? It's probably a big night for Scoot. Um, what are the other What are the other games you're looking forward to? Obviously, we got to talk about Wimbo. Uh, all the talk has been about the debut tonight. It was interesting. I saw today that he went into on draft night. He was 210 pounds and he just weighed in at 229. So that that's pretty impressive. That's 19 pounds for Wembo, which sounds a little excessive. I don't know how you can really put on 19 pounds in two months. Maybe it's possible. I don't know. Um, but we're really excited to see what this kid's going to do. And we're obviously we're going to see Luca as well. Uh, is Luca Luca's playing, right? Yeah. It's opening night. Yeah, he's playing. So is that one of the games you're, you're looking forward to watching tonight? Yeah, there's two nationally televised games tonight. The second of the games is Dallas against San Antonio. And uh, shout out to Adam Silver putting putting the young man on the map. First game in the NBA, you're national televised, baby. You are prime time. 6.30 p.m. on the West Coast, 9.30 Eastern uh, for that game. And it's a cool matchup, right? I think we're going to have two teams. Um, look, D- Dallas should win this game straight out, right? Like, let's just be real. If Dallas has any hope for success this year, they need to come out and win this game. Uh, but it won't be super easy. Wembo is a, a very unique guy. And mostly, I think all the hype will be around what does he look like? How is he going to do in his first regular season NBA game? Uh, and you know, Dallas's strong suit is not their bigs. So I think he can have his way with whoever's guarding him. And I think he can have his way guarding whoever he's guarding on the other end and weirdly clips. I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know if this has even been talked about, put him on Luca. Then what, what does Luca do? If you put Victor Wembanyama on, I don't think they're going to do it in day one game opener, but you know, that would just be something that Luca's never had to deal with. And what does Luca like to do? Maybe he tried to get physical with Wick, with Victor, but that push off and that that because he doesn't elevate when he pushes off on his fadeaway in the key, 
that turnaround little fade, Vic can still jump up and swat that shit even after being pushed off. So if if Greg Popovich wants to just throw a fucking Rubik's Cube at the Dallas Mavericks, put Victor Wembanyama on Luka Doncic. Not the whole game, but maybe, you know, first and fourth quarter and see what happens. Look, I'm, I'm pretty sure Victor is going to be on a minutes restriction here. I would be shocked if he plays the whole game. Uh, I would be shocked if he plays more than 30 minutes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the outlook for San Antonio, as we've covered, is not great for this year. It's it's great for the next couple of years. That's when we're looking at them being great, being contenders, coming out and and maybe getting back to winning ways like they did for two decades under Popovich. But it's not going to be this year. Uh, so Dallas fans uh, and and uh, the Dallas Mavericks organization, um, especially Luca and Kyrie, need to show up tonight. Like this can't be a sleep. Like they can't sleepwalk through this game because if they lose tonight, that's a really really bad sign. And uh, of course, Victor can have like some crazy triple double and win them the game. And we won't necessarily blame Dallas if that's the case. If Victor goes for 30, 20, and ten, and they lo- and and San Antonio wins, okay, then maybe that's what happens. But I, again, I don't think that's going to happen that way. Dallas should win this game. I think we're going to be mostly. I'm going to be intrigued with the other players on the court. Right? We know for for Dallas, we know uh, Luca and Kyrie will be locked in there. Who else is going to fill in? their roles, who's going to be starting, who's going to get the most minutes, who's going to be closing. Uh, I think there's still a lot for Jason Kidd to figure out this year. And uh, with that, with those, with those rosters, uh, with those roster spots and those minute allocations. Uh, so I'll be watching that. Like, you know, is Grant Williams doing his job? Is he hitting threes? Is he playing good defense? Uh, is is Josh Green improving? Has he gotten better? Because he showed flashes in the past uh, of, of potentially being a legitimate NBA starting like wing player. And then other times he kind of falls apart a little bit. So uh, there is a lot to look forward to in this particular matchup outside of obviously Luca against Wembo. But um, yeah, I think if I had to call it, I would say Dallas should win by 10 or more. I'm assuming that the next game you wanted to talk about on your roster is going to be the Wizards Pacers game. Is that the one you're watching on League Pass tonight? Oh, definitely. That's the matchup of the night, right? No, I mean, look, Halliburton is always I love Halle. fun to watch, I love and I think I actually think Indiana is going to put a really fun product on the floor. And yeah, Pool could go for fifty. I think he'd probably shoot fifty times tonight. So either Pool or Kuzma could go for fifty in this game, and they could still lose by twenty. Uh, but that is not the matchup I was. I was leaning more towards the other nationally televised game, which is the early game between the Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks. Really cool, fun opening night game for those guys uh those two teams um boston i think it's hard again i i i struggle to to make a decision between the boston celtics and the milwaukee bucks who who i like more who should be the number one seed in my mind i think this will be very helpful very informative uh seeing the celtics tonight against a as we know thibodeau coached nick's team they're not going to go down easy mm-hmm. uh and uh i want to see we expect Porzingis to play. I want to see what that looks like. Uh, I want to see him, you know, he played for a long time for the Knicks. Maybe have a little bit of revenge game here. Uh, he's played against the Knicks in the past, but, you know, this is a this is a new chapter for Porzingis, as I've, as I've said in the past. Uh, I think he needs to grasp this opportunity with both hands and not let go. Um, but from the Celtics side of things, they also have, it's, it's kind of going back to what I was talking about, the Mavericks, uh, Joe Mazzula has a task of figuring out who the starting lineup is, which is a great task to have when you have a lot of good guys that can be potential starters. Uh, 
Uh, so how does Drew Holiday work in there? Uh, where, you know, or is, is the starting lineup going to include both Porzingis and Horford? And then maybe you push Derek White to the bench to start, or is it Holiday, White, Brown, uh, Tatum, and Porzingis or Horford? That's a fun, that's a fun, you know, thing to it's watch. It's much out easier for. to figure that out than Dallas. Like much easier. Way have, easier. Way yeah, easier. A hundred percent. And right. and I actually don't know if you can go too wrong with it. Um, you know, yeah, I Derek think White's coming off the bench. Like that's that's nice. Yeah, exactly. And I think those guys will rotate constantly, right? You're gonna have at least, you know, three, four of those guys on the court at all times if it all goes to plan for the Celtics. Uh and and I think something else that we didn't get to cover here, but I'll just touch on it. Joe Mazzula really needs to prove himself this year. And the Celtics have backed this coach after a questionable performance last year. I mean, look, the team did great, but coaching wise, he definitely made several mistakes uh throughout the season and in the postseason. Uh, but they they doubled down on him this year. They brought in veteran presence um, for uh, him in the coaching staff, including hiring Jeff Van Gundy as a consultant. And I do think a lot of what went wrong for Missoula was the direct result from not enough really uh, veteran presences in the war room for him and in those game like those pressure game to de- game decisions in the moment. And I think he has that now. I think he's got a good brain trust there. It includes not just Jeff Van Gundy, but they've made a litany of hires. Uh, Sam Cassell, right? Is Sam Cassell Sam is there. there. Uh, Charles Lee is there. They, they did a great job backing up Missoula this year. Um, so just, I, I think that's a, that's a really important thing to note. And I think it's also important to note that if with all this support, he still makes shitty decisions, <laughs> something's going to have to be said or done. Uh, because that can't be tolerated. They have a very, very good team, very deep team. Uh, I would say flip a coin between them and Milwaukee, who's going to win the West or the East, as I've mentioned. I honestly think they're deeper than Milwaukee is, so they probably should have the edge. I just think Milwaukee's potential ceiling might be a little higher for their for their top three guys. Uh, but anyway, uh, looking forward to this matchup. And of course, when 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 you have the Knicks involved, it's going to be a dogfight, and I love that. I think it's going to be maybe not the most flashy. Right. As we've seen out of Tibbs teams in the past, it's not going to be a whole lot of highlights. I mean, shit, Obi Toppin's off the Knicks now. So really all they got is Mitchell Robinson uh, to to throw lobs to <laughs> these days. Uh, we'll see what Julius Randle looks like. We'll see how Jalen Brunson looks. Maybe he's improved after uh, a nice summer uh, with team. It's USA. RJ I'm looking at. I'm looking at RJ, just like we when we had our discussion on the podcast. I want to see what he did this summer. Yeah, and he had yeah he had an experience with uh, Canada, didn't he? He was on the uh, team Canada this year. Uh, he, I think it's probably prime for him to take the step that we all think he can take, and get even that much better. I know he averaged close to twenty points a game last year, maybe even over twenty. Uh, I think he can improve on that, and I think he, they need him to improve on that. I think they need more scoring from him, uh, and I just think uh, he has he's he's so talented. He's a talented kid, and I think he can do that, uh, but. Uh, obviously in this one, I'm taking the Celtics as well. Uh, I don't expect them to lose this game. Uh, I, and I'm very excited to see both Drew Holiday and Porzingis out there for them and see, see what that looks like. Yeah. I, I think it's a, for me, I know that it's tough to choose between Milwaukee and Boston, but I'm going with Boston right now. Uh, I really think that this is the year for Tatum. I think Tatum's going to be MVP candidate. I think they've been, you know, I think the past five years has been big men, right? It's been Giannis, 
Joker and Embiid. I think it's time for a guard, a smaller guy to get it. Small yeah, being some six, 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 ten guy. Six, ten guy. <laughs> I think this is his year, though. It's time. Like Jason's been to the dance. He's he's been to the playoffs every single year. This guy, he's he's ready to take over. His his Robin just got the max deal at three hundred mil. Like I just think this is the year for Jason Tatum. Boston from top to bottom, I with the roster the way it's constructed, and you so perfectly bringing up the staff supporting Joe Missoula, the guys that have been there before. You know, Van Gundy's been in the trenches. Van Gundy's dealt with superstars before. Sam Cassell has developed great talent over his coaching career and his playing career. So just and I think it's really important. We always want to focus on the team, but shit. The, the the guys in the trenches with with the coaches are just as important as the people on the court. So uh, I, I'm excited for the Celtics. They scare the shit out of me. And I, I still want to see what Milwaukee's going to look like 20 games down the road and how this is working. But I mean, we're just it's game one, man. It's opening night. Uh, it's it's fun to think about these scenarios. But you know, you can tell within the first two weeks who's going to probably be there at the end. At the end, meaning like <laughs> the last four, six teams standing. You know what I'm saying? Eight teams yeah. standing. Yeah, there's so, the old adage like you can't win the league in the first two weeks, but you can lose it. Right. <laughs> right. right. That that will show out here. And it tends to, you know, it's not always the case for every team, but there's, I mean, you know, two weeks into the season, we're going to know who's fucking around and who's, you know, actually there for business and ready to go. There's and one other that, game that I wanted to touch on, Clips, yeah. if you, unless you have something else to, to go no, on. No, no. Okay. The last game that I'll bring up, uh, there's so many games, so we, we're not going to have time to talk all about every single one of them. But it's a game that I do wish was on national television. I think it, it would have been potentially more worthy than the Dallas Mavericks matchup against Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs. And it's the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. And I know there's no John Morant. And uh, we assume that Zion will be playing in the game as long, uh, uh, along with Brandon Ingram and everybody else for the Pelicans. But that's a matchup that I'm very, very excited to watch. You get Marcus Smart, Derrick Rose in there for Memphis. We'll see what they look like without John Morant. Uh, and unfortunately, something the reason, part of the reason I wanted to bring up the Grizzlies is Stephen Adams is out for the entire year. They say uh, after uh, another setback and a surgery with his knee which is really, really bad for them. I mean, that's a really – I was ready for him to be back on the floor for yeah. them. They're, they were good with him. He's he's an underrated facilitator for them at the top of the key. Great screen setter. They're also without, uh, due to an Achilles, Brandon Clark is also gone, and we don't expect him to play at all this year either. So they're very, very thin uh, when it comes to their front court this year, and I do think that that's a team that needs to make a trade or needs to make some sort of addition. Uh, you know, Dwight Howard is, has continued to try and get on a team, even though there's some interesting news around him recently, <laughs> off the court stuff that I don't know. Allegations. Yeah, it's, I said it was news. Uh, I didn't say it was true or not. Uh, but, you know, Dwight Howard <laughs> potentially would have been a guy that I would look at for them to go, hey, we need a fucking big. You know how to rebound. You know how to run, block shots, even though you may not be able to do it as, as well as you did in the past or for as long over the course of a game. They need bodies down there. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they make some sort of trade or some sort of addition to the roster. Because uh, right now it's like Xavier Tillman and Roddy and uh, Santi Aldama. You got, and of course, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., they might just go small. Maybe say, all right, Jaron, you're going to be the center for a little while while we figure this shit out. But they're going to be a little slight in the front court. And Valanchunas is going to eat lunch meat during this game. Uh, so the, la the other side of it is the Pelicans. 
gotta see Zion. I can't wait to see what he looks like. I can't wait to see how many minutes he gets to play. I can't wait to see him and Brandon Ingram to do do it again together for uh, whatever the ninety fifth time in their in their entire time together. Uh, I just I think this this could be a, a a launching pad for the Pelicans. I'm picking the Pelicans to win, which is not shocking. No John Morant, no Stephen Adams. We just went through all that, but I think this could be a nice kind of going back to the to the the way I feel about the Clippers against Portland. This could be a nice statement win for the Pelicans here. Get out against the team that's they're not the team's not going to lie down. I already mentioned that you know the the soldiers they got on that team, and Desmond Bain's going to shoot thirty times in this game. He might have forty or fifty points in this game, but uh, Pelicans should come out firing, and I think they win in that game. This is where the four TVs come in handy at the Clips <laughs> Castle. Trust me. I mean, you I got the laptop, iPad. I got two new TVs in the studio that are just going to be playing all the every game I can watch. The game I'm I I know it sounds weird, but I'm looking forward to Rockets Magic tonight. My boys are playing. They're playing at the same time as the Knicks Celtics. And then the other game I wanted to be your your Pelican Grizzly one definitely is going to be turned on, but uh Jazz Sacktown playing tonight too which should be interesting but then playing on the main screen in the living room will definitely be uh Clippers Portland for opening night I'm so stoked I want to I swore on the last show that we wouldn't bring it up again but before we go we have to do uh, a little piece on Harden sorry guys but it happened exactly what I said last week that when this shit does is starting to look sour and Harden's not going to get what he wants, he's going to try to come back with the with the basketball team and want to play. Supposedly he had his bags packed, ready to go to Milwaukee to play, and they told him, "Nah, we're good on you, James. Why don't you just go home and relax a little bit?" And I'm glad they did that. That's exactly what happened. It's not working out. Negotiations have soured. Nobody's reaching out to get James Harden, and Daryl Morey's just saying, "You know what? Go home." We'll figure it out. So what does this mean, though, Drew? Like, does this mean he's not playing with the team this season? Or is this like to reprimand him for not being at practice or shoot around or media day or any of that? Because this is just going to piss off Joel even more. And I saw that that the Knicks threw out something, a trade offer. Did you see to them? I did not they see offered that. the they have They offered the whole bag, supposedly. Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, Fournier, and Randall for Joel Embiid. And I'm like... That's kind of interesting, right? Like, that's a really interesting offer for Joel. So that can be on another show. I just read it somewhere. Maybe maybe it didn't happen, but um, what is happening is James Harden isn't going to be playing for Philadelphia tomorrow. I think they play tomorrow, right? Yeah, they play tomorrow. Uh, Did you find that interesting at all, or did you think that's like – I mean, because you couldn't just let him come back and play. Right. You no just way. gotta hop on the plane. Right. <laughs> no way. Yeah, there was no way that James was like gonna be like, cool, I'll just meet you guys in Milwaukee. Uh <laughs> you you got my jersey ready. I'll be in the starting lineup. That sounds right. great. We'll just do that. I'll meet you there. I'm I'm in Houston right now, but I I'll I'll get there. Don't worry, guys. I'll be there by tip. <laughs> and and they're like, What the fuck are you talking about? Right. You haven't been to Philadelphia yet. You gotta go, you gotta go check in at the home stadium, go check into the practice facility. Get weighed, number one, go step yes. on that scale, get the, yes. they get those measurements on the body, the body fat percentage. And how about some calisthenics? So you want to you play? Cool. You're going to run sprints while we play during the whole game. I'm having you doing suicides. 
I'm I'm taking it back to high school here. Mm-hmm. If I if I'm a part of the uh, the organization, I'm like, you do you want to earn this back? It's almost Coach Carter ish. Like a thousand, I want you to do a thousand suicides before you can play for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably not going to be the case, right? They won't treat him that badly, but. I'm not shocked by their decision to say we don't need you on this one. We're gonna we're, we're gonna make, we're gonna get a little two game road trip, and then maybe when if you're still here when we're back, we can have a discussion. But uh, I think that is funny. I also think it speaks to how delusional at times uh, James Harden is and where his head is versus what the reality of his situation is. Uh, and that's all I have to say about that. I think uh, if I'm Tyrese Maxey, for instance. I yes. really appreciate that decision. I do. Because yes. I've been there the whole time, busting my ass, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get better, trying to be uh, a really impactful player for this team. And I appreciate you holding, at least for two games, James Harden accountable here. Well, I think it, it has to be more, Drew. Like, I just don't... We, we've we called this the whole time. I just don't know how you roll back into the situation and then your teammates being like open arms after not being there for this, us all season and wanting to be not with us on this basketball team, trying to push your way to L.A. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's just burning bridges once again, but we, it, we don't need to talk about that anymore. Last thing before I have to go take some Tylenol before I get my second wind and have to walk. <laughs> and I, I mean, I got to celebrate. I got to celebrate opening night for the Clippers. So I am going to be doing this one more game oh, in yeah. a little while. This no beers this time. No more. No beers before the real partying takes ha- uh, takes place. Uh, the NBA is going back. They just announced before we started the show, the NBA is going back. Uh, to standard format for the all-star game that would be played in Indianapolis this year, which I'm completely fine with. It's going to be East and West. No more of the, the picking the teammates. Uh, You had mentioned prior to the show that that that's interesting because they used to make a, they made a whole show out of the, the picking players debates and, and, or, or, you know, yeah. Announcing the the team captains was a thing. And then, and then the actual draft was a thing. And I'm surprised that they would just scrap that, you know, revenue and maybe it was terrible. Maybe the numbers were so bad, right. like the viewership numbers were so bad that it didn't actually make an impact. But mm-hmm. uh, advertising dollars was at least still coming in through that. So I was shocked to see that they would scrap that. Yeah, but I think it's fine that they're going back to the format. They tried something else out for how long has it been? They did that three years, you think? Two yeah, years they could, or three years? I think they did it when Kobe three, passed, two right? Years, two or three years. Yeah, it's been it's been a little while. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't have a problem with the way that they did the draft, but I do mm-hmm. like like the whole conference aspect of it mm-hmm. i kind of enjoyed that and but dude i've been really disappointed with the all-star game for several years now so format change or not i still don't think i'm going to be fucking head over heels with the, what we watch all-star weekend i don't care who's on what team or whatever but uh we'll see we've been quite unimpressed probably the whole duration of our podcast seven seasons with yeah. the all-star game and all-star weekend so um I don't have a final thought today, Drew, and okay. I don't want it. I don't want to have a unless you unless you have a final thought. I, do. I got oh, one. Please, you do one. I got one for you. I mean, we we touched on the Sixers there. They are playing their opening night uh, the same night as Milwaukee's opening night, which is uh, two nights from now. So on Thursday, uh, one night from now, Thursday. So uh, the only reason I want to bring this up is because Terry Stotts just left the Milwaukee Bucks organization, yeah. and. You know, as I've talked about, Adrian Griffin is a first-time head coach up there, uh, and Terry Stotts was a great addition to that coaching staff for him. A veteran guy, well-respected, long-time coach in the NBA, and there's some news around it. One one report was uh, they had a parting of ways. He decided to 
you know, just say that this wasn't for him. The other report that I heard was that uh, Stotts might have getting might might have been getting a little bit buddy buddy with his old old pal Damian Lillard and Giannis, and you know, putting some some things into their ears, preparing them for when Adrian Griffin gets fired potentially, and saying like, well, Terry Stotts will be the guy that takes over. So what happened in according to that report is Stotts was talking to those two, Griffin was not happy about that, wanted to have him in the coach's huddle. Stotts asked for another minute or two to talk to these guys, and then there was a, a verbal exchange that you know, got pretty heated. And then immediately after that, Terry Stotts left the team. Uh, so I, I touched on it right then, but I do think that there may have been you know a little bit of uh, trepidation from Adrian Griffin with having Damian Lillard on his roster now and his old coach who he played for for so many years on his staff. I think this there I'm not shocked that it went down that way, but I just going back to what we saw out of Missoula last year, it's very very important to have established veteran coaches, smart NBA player NBA minds assisting when you have a fresh head coach. Adrian Griffin I think will do a good job. But it's very, very helpful to have those other guys on the bench. And they lost the key uh, component to that. And I don't think it will matter in the first game, right? We're still going to have a fun first game watching Dame and Giannis go up against Embiid and Maxi with no Harden. Uh, I still think it will be a battle. I would expect Milwaukee to win that. But my final thought is, and you best believe it, Terry Stotts might have quit the staff. But he is still on speed dial for that ownership. If Adrian Griffin shits the bed and it does not go well he will be fired and i can guarantee terry stotts will get a call that's a great call and it's never a good sign when you haven't even started the nba season and your top assistant is quitting and walking away not a great you i'm pretty sure every coaching staff in sports they have you have arguments with your coaches like it happens all the time if you're not arguing you're not doing something right but something was really personally said somebody took a low blow somewhere just to walk away to quit a potentially uh, world champion basketball team is not good for Adrian Griffin. But I think yeah, that's a great point, Drew, because if things do go sour, they do got somebody on speed dial ready for that job. That's a that's a great call. Um, like I said, I have no final thought. My final thought is don't mix beer and vodka and basketball. <laughs> that's my final thought, everybody. I'm too old to be getting hangovers, okay? This is, I'm not, I'm not 25 year old clips anymore. I just, uh, just not. So don't mix the brown and the white liquor. Okay. <laughs> um, Drew, I hope you have a great trip in Atlanta. When you come back, we're going to have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Oh, I yeah. mean, you, we're going to, we're going to have like four games under our belt by the time you get back. I'm really excited. I'm stoked. You know, here's a fine, another final thought. We, we do this for you guys. We had to get a podcast out for all of you guys who listen to our show. I did not want to do this today at all. It was the last thing <laughs> on my mind. But this is what we do. We knock it out. We do it for the listeners because we love basketball. We love everybody that's listening to this show. So got to ride it out sometimes, Drew, and that's exactly what we did. I'm so proud of us right now. So proud. We're going to be back shortly. Happy opening night, guys. Go Clippers. And we're ghosts. You know what it is, you know what it is, you know where you're at. This is the phone.